Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. If I sound a bit more quiet today than usual, and, uh, well, if my coherence is a bit failing, then that's because, well, current events forced me to make this episode. I wouldn't be doing this normally. I wanted to just spend this this day sleeping and, you know, doing some recreational activities because, <laughs> let me be honest, the wisdom teeth are hurting and I have to drink drink a lot of painkillers and, you know, swallowing is a bit difficult. But because of what has happened today on the front lines, I really have to make this episode. In fact, I already did. This is a re-record because, again, of the things that managed to pop up just as I was recording all this situation. Now, we have some news from Igor Girkin, some big news from Igor Girkin, and also we have, um, well, both good and bad stuff. And, well, a bit of dark comedy in between. So, if you remember, earlier we had spoken about the Antonovsky Bridge over Dnieper in Kherson Oblast. Uh, that's the bl- bridge that connects Kherson to Crimea and allows Russian troops stationed there to resupply and is basically the central linchpin in their whole logistics system. See... This was attacked before, it was struck by artillery strikes, but right now there are reports on another strike. Uh, uh, basically, the reports started coming through last night that there, there have been claims that the whole bridge was destroyed, but that is not the case. There is a massive hole in there and the bridge is rendered useless. Basically, the bridge has been practically disabled and the Russians are trying to make the situation better by claiming that, oh no, no, not everything was really really com- really destroyed. Again, I have to say thank you to, w- to Dmitry from wartranslated.com. He was um, he was lost from Twitter for a bit, but he came back. He just kind of rebranded because he, being a wise man, chose to kind of remove his personal data from, from his Twitter page and everything. And if you listen to my, you know, late night episode, then you understand that, yeah, that's probably the smart thing to do. But basically, we have some comments here. There is um, there is one made by the deputy head of the Kherson Oblast, Kirill Stremusov, the occupied. I'll be talking about Russian officials there and their sources and their comments. 
he stated that, <clears throat> quote, Antonovsky Bridge will be restored in the nearest future. For this period, ferry crossings will be established over Dnieper. The head of the, again, remember, occupied, Hersonobulist Vladimir Saldo, also says that the repair crews are already exploring, <clears throat> sorry, exploring how the destroyed elements of the building can be restored. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a Freudian slip, sorry. They, they're not exploding yet, I'm pretty sure they'll be in the future. Based on this claim, another media, Vojenny Osvidemichel, believes that um, the proposed solutions of the official Russian kind of military administration there is, is not going to be effective. Quote, the deputy head of the military civilian administration of the Kherson region said that during the repair of the Antonovsky Bridge, ferry crossings across the Dnieper will be organized. As we, that is, that Russian media, pro-war obviously, said earlier, repeated attacks by the armed forces have led to, so far, a temporary failure of Antonovsky Bridge, forcing the establishment of ferry and pontoon crossings as an alternative. There are exactly two problems here. First, the consequences of shelling of the bridge have a cumulative effect. That is, each subsequent attack does more damage than the previous one, not only due to an increase in the number of hits, but also due to an increasing weakening of the canvas structure. Secondly, that alternatives in the form of pontoons or ferries are vulnerable to enemy, that is Ukrainian, fire many times more than a large bridge. Only one MLRS missile will be enough to disable them. We are forced to say that the problem with the ongoing attempts of the armed forces of Ukraine to cut off the right bank grouping of the Russian Federation armed forces from supplies is not being solved. The bet on air defense did not materialize, and attempts to establish alternative crossings and endless repairs will only delay the poor outcome if no steps are taken to destroy the enemy firepower. And we have another analyst here about the bridge, which is important. Anatoly Nismian. He points at the precision and why, you know, these... American rocket systems are doing the work. Quote, It is reported that this destroyed span of the Antonovsky Bridge across the Dnieper, he talks about the image, this is in fact an advantage of high-precision weapons. They did not destroy the entire structure and cough, but carefully and prudently, with the prospect of restoration. If the photo is not fake, and that photo is all over the internet now, and it's quite likely not fake, then the situation of the Kherson group is complicated. There are a number of bridges and crossings across the Dnieper, it is possible, in the end, to build a pontoon crossing, but taking into account the accuracy of hits, that fate will be about the same. The prospects for Kherson People's Republic are becoming somewhat uncertain. And here I have to agree, because, well, HIMARS are being used extremely wisely. No, by, you know, striking where the need is most dire. And here in this part, in the previous section, I had posted a whole look at the front, with some speculations about from Igor Girkin about what's about to happen. But then, today, in the middle of the day, and once again, thanks, were translated, they did the translation here. In the middle of the day, Igor Girkin posted something new. He now states that the battle for initiative has begun, and this Kherson bridge kind of marks the breaking point for the third stage of the war. Quote, um, again, let me remind you, Girkin's uh, the war criminal that we've been using as a source all the time. Assault of Avdiivka. The battle for the initiative has started. So, the Russian military thinking was marked by another genius military decision. While the Ukrops, as he calls Ukrainians, it's a, it's a derogatory term, are trying to achieve success on the Kherson direction, 
where a breakthrough of a frontline in theory promises a deep penetration or at least an operational success, our military geniuses again decided to directly assault Avdiivka. Today, after several hours of artillery preparation, the remnants of the DPR infantry attacked it and the surrounding fortified positions and bastions. Naturally, I, fish, uh, I wish our fighters maximum success. He's talking about his pro-Russian side. But even in the most favorable case, that is, when after fierce street battles and fights inside the depths of the enemy's prepared defenses, our forces will take up Divka, etc., the front line will only be moved to the next defensive line of the enemy. That is the same Slavyansk, Kramatorsk, Druzhovka, Konstantinovka, Kurahova line. Hardly any deeper. Although, for me personally, such success does not seem to be guaranteed at all, knowing the state of the Donetsk uh, People's Republics and Russian Forces infantry. Since I've written a dozen times that even the complete pushing out of the Ukrainian armed forces from the Donbass, without their complete defeat or encirclement of the group concentrated there, will not lead to a victory of the Russian side in the war, and will not even bring it much closer. I must state that this move of the third effective stage of the special military operation looks to be a copy of the second totally definite concrete stage, and in result will lead to a loss of remnants of the main resource, time. Not even talking about the irreversible losses in people who will be sacrificed in the name of the strategy, which is being implemented by the Russian Federation Armed Forces. Most likely, the, the backbone of our forces in this war, which is the Luhansk Donetsk People's, People's Republic's infantry, will be finished off completely as a result of the operation that has begun. Ukr, again, they like this term for unknown reasons, without any doubt will also suffer enormous losses, but they have something to replenish them with. In any case, the operational pause seems to have ended. Both the enemy and our command have indicated where they will apply their main forces in August-September, and only time will tell whose decision was more correct. Personally, I'm still ready to take part in the war in any capacity, which is what I remind you of in case someone is tired of criticism. And, uh, well, talking about these whole things, there's another interesting gem that I found out while sitting in this whole pro-Russian blogosphere. See, they like to comment only on their own successes and their own achievements. They like to, you know, comment on NATO as well. And I posted this on Twitter, but it's a true gem. And uh, I'm sorry if I maybe have mentioned this at some point, but this is so far the greatest quote ever. And it'll be especially funny if you're uh, of the military profession. So, quote, this is commenting on the comparisons from pro-Russian bloggers. NATO soldiers are nothing but glorified mercenaries. They are not spent because they're valuable, like tools. We Russian soldiers are heroic patriots who know true sacrifice. Well, apparently, if you don't have high-accuracy missiles or proper equipment or logistics or ammo, you have to rely on pure sacrifice. And apparently, that's exactly what's happening right now. However, well, this does not really bode well for the pro-Russian side. And, well, as I was working on this one, another news just hit, and these were the massive ones, which is why this episode can't come out tomorrow, why I sat down and decided to record today. War Translated hasn't translated this one yet because it was literally posted uh, less than an hour ago by Igor Gir. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, this is the big one we can clearly put a line in the sand here and state that this war has entered its third stage and well as as Volodymyr Zelensky said to to Congress and to press about about what Ukraine needs right now is that military aid will be crucial in the next three weeks apparently he knew something because Girkin states quote yes there is no doubt anymore the command uh, the command of the Russian Federation armed forces have played their cards the attack straight the the frontal attack he says straight with straight in the face is now has now started in all the front of Donetsk all the eastern parts from Avdeyevka in the north to Marinka on the south basically on Avdeyevka Pesky Krasnogoryavka Marinka basically uh, they are launching, Russians are launching now a direct assault straight up to the most fortified positions of the Ukrainians. And Gidkin here states that we have placed our bets and our main idea back in the concentration of artillery in the style of, and I quote here, Verden um, Meatgriner in the name of General von Falkenhayn. And he, of course, comments. Will Avdeyevka and all the other, all the other uh, strong points will be taken? Quite likely. However, I don't know in what in what uh, what time scale. Will will the Ukrainian army parts who are basically defending these positions be destroyed or or at least defeated? Also, practically yes. But he comments there won't be any strategic results from this. Again, I have to remind this. I am certain about this. I will be very happy to um, to be, you know, misled. First wave was not supposed to be sent there. And now we wait the response from the army of Ukraine. They also uh, they they also are supposed to start their attack in the closest time. I give it a Girkin here gives about ninety percent odds that it's going to be on the Kherson front because of the bridge, but possibly also on the Zaporozhye front. And um, Girkin ends this with, "I have some reasons to hope that they'll they they will they will receive only marginal success or no success at all, but we'll have to take a look." And you know when. Um, when this hits and turns out that today is a major day for war, then, yeah. Interestingly enough, about the artillery, this means that the artillery is concentrated and it's not as accurate, but it's massed. And now the attention goes to Kherson. However, Igor Girkin has been stating in his in interviews that Russian forces over there, because of the fear of mobilization and, and all that stuff, in Russia are experiencing a lack of manpower and... 
Well, there is um, there is basically uh, this saying in Russian that it's kind of like, you know, putting a patch on your coat by taking it, by cutting out another piece of your coat and putting it there, kind of you know, to to do this mass artillery there, they have to kind of they have to grab their sources, their equipment, their material, and their super tired people, and they have massive problems with manpower from other parts. So. Currently, currently uh, there are also tiny attempts of creating a tiny beachhead, kind of a base for operations where Ukrainians could stage their, their assault. That also managed to happen literally a couple of hours ago. Ukrainians have also started to move their vehicles, and, and now they're being fought back by units of the Russian Federation Army. And of course, while these so-called People's Republics, the separatists, this is going to be a very hot night. It's going to go crazy because currently we uh, we just have to hope that Ukrainians hold in the east. And I, I don't think that it's going to be that difficult. I don't believe of a massive Russian success like Gidkin here states. I do believe that some of the fortified outposts will be taken. Some will hold. I don't believe that all of them will be taken anytime soon. But they're likely defended as well because Ukraine also has a limited amount of technology available to them, which is why, like uh, Zelensky stated, and like I also reiterate, helps Ukraine, especially in heavy military vehicles, is extremely crucial right now, because right now, on this third phase of the war, they'll be spending it a lot. Because again, an autumn range start, and the roads become super, super hard to drive through again, because a lot of these roads are, well, just dirt roads, not, not asphalted ones, and kind of waging an offensive war will become even more difficult and then winter will come with its with its frost and everything and as as we've learned from russia's logistical perspective the harsher the, the conditions the, like the, the less success russia has if you kind of look at the correlation correlation of russian successes in this war then you can easily see that um that they achieved most of their sort of achievements in june which was also the warmest month with the least needs for supplies. Ukrainians, in the meantime, need to kind of force their attention to Kherson, turn this into a victory, achieve some goals there, and then they can, you know, turn their head around. Although, it really matters uh, since... What really matters is how how well the, the Russian part will attack. It's all a bit weird and doesn't really look well played out. As usual, we'll be following through all of this and... Um, yeah, that's it for today, but today was, wow, big and important news. And before I go, I wanted to say a special thank you to all of you guys who have sent me messages of support. And I understand that maybe last night's episode wasn't for everyone, but like I said, it, uh, it it's a part of my, my kind of therapy program, so I'm sorry. You can skip it if you don't don't like listening to kind of personal side of the podcasting. But yeah, the triggering part was all these all these kind of advertisements and influencers who are just selling their courses, which I will never do. So, you know, I won't also sell NFTs. Just, just no. So thank you for all your support. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for keeping the show alive. Thank you for, for being our patrons or, or just listening and telling, telling about this show to your friends and family. Do you once again remind me why I say this at the end of every episode, but uh, happiness is mandatory. And that, in, that involves not only you, 
but me as well. I do well to remember this one. Thank you once again, and das vidanje, tovarish. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.